Hi, I'm Gwen Van Timmeren. Welcome to today's Genesis podcast. Let's get started with prayer. Dear Lord and caring Father, thank you for the gift of your word, the Bible, for the stories that teach great truths even through tough circumstances. Give us hope and understanding hearts while we wait on you. Amen. Let's recap what's been going on in Jacob's family in Genesis. The dreams of Jacob's and Rachel's son Joseph have received a reaction of disgust from his family. Yet Joseph's father Jacob still favored him and gifted him with a colorful cloak fit for royalty. Jacob has now sent Joseph to check on his older half-brothers and bring food to them as they were tending the family's livestock some distance away. And that's where we pick up on the next chapter of Joseph's Riches to Rags to Riches Again story of purpose and redemption. Today I'm reading Genesis 37, verses 18 through 36 in the New Living Translation. Feel free to follow along. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father, a wild game has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a, a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. Sometime later, Reuben returned to get Joseph out of the cistern. When he discovered that Joseph was missing, he tore his clothes in grief. Then he went back to his brothers and lamented, The boy is gone! What will I do now? Then the brothers killed a young goat and dipped Joseph's robe in its blood. They sent the beautiful robe to their father with this message. Look what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? Their father recognized it immediately. Yes, he said, it is my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces. Then Joseph tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. He mourned deeply for his son for a long time. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. 
I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say, and then he would weep. Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt, where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was captain of the palace guard. <clears throat> what a horrific story. Just a few short verses, and it's riddled with family conflict. Sibling rivalry, hatred, revenge, deceit, plotting, isolation, loneliness, hopelessness, confusion, lies, grief. Whew. The complete story of Joseph, though, has always fascinated me. I know that every story in the Old Testament points to Jesus and our need for a Savior. In fact, there are many parallels to Jesus in the story of Joseph. But today, we'll focus on the raw humanness reflected in this passage and how we each relate to Joseph on some level. His life is a bit like a suspense novel unfolding. Our passage leaves Joseph in a low, low place. Okay, that was a really bad joke. But anyway... Joseph has been abandoned and in a depressing place for sure. The thought of trust, forgiveness, and redemption seems far, far away. I must admit, I have trouble relating to Joseph's brothers. I have three sisters, no brothers, and we have a great relationship. Obviously, we don't always agree on everything, but we love each other fiercely. I know this isn't always the norm, and my heart goes out to many who do not share this experience. But the extreme, unbridled hatred for a sibling blows my mind. What a tangled mess Joseph's family was. Yet God is going to providentially work through Joseph's life to fulfill his purpose for the nation of Israel. It's hard to believe as things go from bad to worse that God's sovereignty will use this evil to work through it, to result in good. Joseph had left home dressed as a prince, was now abandoned by his family, stripped to rags, left to rot in the depths of the pit, then sold to a caravan of slave traders. Joseph could have been filled with bitterness in his circumstances. Psalm 37 verse 7 encourages, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or, or fret about their wicked schemes, for the wicked will be destroyed. But those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Through this jigsaw puzzle of events in Joseph's life, today's story is just one small but integral piece to the whole picture. Through it all, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him his faithful love. Genesis 50 verse 21. We will see in future passages that Joseph's story of going from bad to worse will take many turns, but will eventually move to good, to better, to unbelievably stellar. The good that God is accomplishing in our lives, too, is often beyond what we can see in the moment. Let me repeat that. The good that God is accomplishing in our lives is often beyond what we can see in the moment. But the waiting, the waiting in the meantime, can be tough. Listen to these song lyrics from Take Courage by Christine DeMarco. 
slow down, take time. Breathe in, he said. He'd reveal what's to come. The thoughts in his mind always higher than mine. He'll reveal all to come. So take courage, my heart. Stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. Hold on to your hope as your triumph unfolds. He's never failing. Let his words lead you on. Do not forget his great faithfulness. He'll finish all he's begun. And you who hold the stars, who call them each by name, will surely keep your promise to me that I will rise in your victory. So take courage, my heart. Stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. Hold on to your hope. Watch your triumph unfold. He's never failing. He's never failing. He's in the waiting. Psalm 27 verse 14 sums it up. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. How about you? Are you ready to give your difficult circumstances to God and wait on Him? The waiting can be agonizing, but we're not alone. Never alone. He promises to be with, alongside, and right here with us in the waiting. Stand firm on the Word of God in His promises as you promisely wait. Then you, like Joseph, will rise up in victory. As we continue to study Joseph's journey, just think of what God might accomplish in and through you. Let's pray. O great and heavenly Father, thank you for reassuring and promising us time and time and time again that even when we feel abandoned, you are always with us. Your timing, your plan for us, your children, is perfect. Take our surrender and give us patience as we wait on you. Amen. Have a superb day.